0: Welcome to Money Talk with Tiff, a podcast where we discuss everything money from tips and tricks to current events. Follow me on my journey to become debt free and meet other cool people along the way. I am your host, Tiffany Grant. Now let's talk money. everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. So today I'm super excited because we're talking about a topic that we have not covered on the podcast. Today, I have Wayne Washington on the line. And with over three decades of managing operations in the trenches, running a successful business and speaking, Wayne's view of operational excellence is radically different. Wayne has learned operational excellence is not a destination, but an ongoing journey in pursuit of a company's strategic objectives. We're going to talk about operations today, y'all. And we have never talked about operations on this podcast. And I know I have a lot of listeners that are business owners, you know, people that are hiring people now or want to hire people. And Wayne is like the guru when it comes to operations and how to level up your business in that way. So, hey, Wayne, how are you?
1: Hi, Tiff. How are you doing today? I am doing great. I have a smile on my face to talk to you today.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you came on. Um, Operations is a big part of scaling businesses. You know, when you start your business as an entrepreneur, it's just you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, operations is still important then because you still have to, you know, keep things going. But Mm -hmm. once you start bringing in people, whether they're contractors, employees, it's just a whole bunch of different variables now that you are no longer the person controlling everything, which can be good which can be bad sometimes. So I just want to hop right in. Um, What are some things that you have seen in your experience that companies are typically misaligned on?
1: Okay. I think the best way to start that is misalignment. And when when you think about business, I mean, what are the three pillars of any and all business? I don't care what kind of business you're in. You have a strategy. In other words, where you're going to compete and how you define a win. You have a culture That's the behaviors and attitudes your employees bring to work each and every day. And then you have operations as to who, what, when, and where, and how you're going to get things done on a daily basis. All three of those things need to be in alignment. And why I say that, why they all have to be in alignment, because they all share the same resources. And when you share the same resources and you want to utilize those resources effectively, And if you're not aligned, you're leaving money on the table because of what I say, three things, disengaged employees, unnecessary complexity, and hidden costs. So when you're out of alignment with your strategy, your culture, and your operations, those three things, what I call value drains because they're draining value from your bottom line, those three things of disengaged employees, unnecessary complexity, and hidden costs are there Mm. each and every day. And as I like to say it, Tiffany, is there's stealing money from your bottom line, because every dollar they take is profit. You're not you're not getting in your pocket. So that's that's that's, I think, a simple way to kind of set the stage and we can kind of dive into it from there.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So let me just reiterate for the audience. Like what I heard was that your goals, aka your strategy needs to align with your operations, which you do on a day day to day, which also needs to align with the culture. Culture that you are creating in your company. And so if these three things aren't, you know, on the same page, then you'll have disengaged employees, you'll have um, you'll lose money, you'll like it just starts uh, a snowball effect. It's right? harder to
1: run. It's harder to run your business and no more fun.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, And so let's just start with the first thing. Right. So like the strategy when you're thinking about strategy. So when you're going in with your clients and things like that, what are some things that you ask your clients? You know that maybe my audience can ask themselves about their strategy.
1: Okay. Well, and I think as we talk about this and do you prefer Tiff or Tiffany? Either way, <laughs> okay. Because I, I rather use your name. The, the, the way I, I try to think about it, Tiff, is if you're not in alignment, and 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 you you just focus on strategy, and you at the at the at the behest of the other two, that keeps you out of alignment. So mm. when you look at strategy, you got to ask yourself, where am I going to compete, and how do I define a win? But how you approach strategy is the key part. You know, there are a lot of companies and business owners that feel. Hey, this is my company. I found it. It's my money on the line. I'm going to tell everybody what to do. I mean, I say you do. And truthfully, Tiff, I have found that no longer works in today's day and age. So mm. strategy needs to be collaborative, because if you're, if you're in a company that has operations and culture and strategy, your strategy is going to be implemented by people. People implement strategy, not companies. So if you're doing things that alienate your employees or they become disengaged and just are looking on, on their online, searching Facebook or looking for a new job, that's a disengaged employee. So when I talk about strategy, the strategy needs to be collaborative because they're the ones who are going to implement your strategy. So if they're going to be the ones that implement your strategy, get them involved in the development of your strategy. Mm-hmm. If they're involved and they feel they have some kind of ownership in, in, in and what, what the What they're working on, they fully see how their daily activities fits into that strategy. That's a key step that helps from the strategy standpoint, that helps from the culture standpoint, and it definitely helps from the operation standpoint because they know what to do
0: and why. Oh, my gosh, this is music to my ears, <laughs> um, <laughs> because when I was in corporate, my specialty was employee relations, employee uh-huh. engagement. That's what I was hired to go to companies for. OK, and when I say, you nailed the 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 nail on the head, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the nail on the head Uh when you said that people need buy-in, people need to know that they are part of something greater and that their job actually matters. Because if they feel like their job doesn't matter, or if they like, let's say for instance, and this is one thing that a lot of um, managers don't do (laughs) is whenever a ball drops And let's say, you know, an employee didn't do their best work or something fell through the cracks or whatever. You don't say anything. They're like, oh, well, my job doesn't matter (laughs) in the grand scheme of things. And so it doesn't matter if I drop a ball at this point, because I know that nobody's going to catch it because my job is not a part of this thing. Like I'm on an island by myself. And so a lot of managers don't do um, they don't lead well. Timely. Period. Yes, yes, lead well, but timely feedback. Uh-huh. <laughs> timely uh-huh. feedback. Or sometimes when they do, they try to do like this really big like um, email to everybody instead of nailing that like that one person that made a mistake and see what that does. People think, oh, you know, I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to da 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 da. But You don't know if that email that went to everybody, or that team meeting that you addressed the issue to everybody, even met that person. (laughs)
1: Like, (laughs) let me. Well, I mean, let me just take that that point that step a little further, and I'm quite sure you can verify this with your background in HR. Most people leave a company because of their boss. They don't get along with them. They don't get the respect from their boss. They're not treated well. They're not Mm -hmm. involved. And when they stop losing the respect for their boss, that's when they become disengaged, that's when they leave. So if you don't have that relationship with your employees and you're, you know, if you're narcissistic and you feel that you have to be praised or you're aggressive and it's gotta be your way or the highway, or if you're disorganized, or if you're passive and making decisions, every employee looks at that and says, do I wanna work with that person? And they soon first become disengaged, then they leave. So, and I'm quite sure you probably can verify that from the HR standpoint, from uh-huh. your, your experience.
0: Oh, yeah, we have that saying in HR, actually, mm-hmm. people don't leave companies, they leave their managers. Yeah. Um, and so it's and especially if you're an entrepreneur, now you are becoming a manager and some people don't even like managing, but, you know, right. you need help, you know. Um, and so it's your responsibility to now, you know, find people that match the culture that you've already created um, or if the culture is not a of bring people in or your operations are not up to par, then you go ahead and start revamping some things. So that way you can bring help in um, and make it comfortable for those people that are going to be actually implementing your strategy. Did I get and it?
1: When you say that, Tiff, I'm going to you know also kind of add on to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, people might leave a company because of the management and the way their management team acts or interacts with them. But to me, as a business owner, you got to think about the other side. When you bring people onto your company, what's the environment you're bringing in? Because every person you hire, they affect your culture because culture is the the sum of the behaviors and beliefs of each employee and what they bring to work every day. So if you hired somebody that doesn't fit into your company, you think they have these great skills and they can walk on water, (laughs) but they don't fit you put them in your culture, and your environment, they're gonna be disruptive. When they be oh, disruptive, again, people turn off. Again, decisions get delayed. Again, cost is hidden. So how do you make sure you bring people on board so they fit to your culture? So you got to make sure you identify what your culture is, what the environment you're trying to establish within your company before you hire. There's a guy named Tony Zing. I think he uh, he's a big shoe guy, mm-hmm. and he does things. He'll hire people. He has a good, have a huge hiring process, and uh, when he hires somebody after ninety days, he'll give you five thousand dollars. If we leave right there and then, in other words, it doesn't fit you. I'll give you money to leave because he doesn't want to keep dead weight Mm -hmm. around. Dead weight drains your profits. Dead weight takes management time. You know, that old 80, 20 percent principle, 20 percent. I mean, excuse me, 80 percent of your problems come from 20 percent of your people. Mm -hmm. Why not get them off early? Number one or number two, don't hire them in the first place. So culture and strategy go hand in hand.
0: Yes, Wayne. Yes, I love this. I love this. This is speaking my language for sure. (laughs) I wanted to go back to your very, very first point um, when you said don't pretty much like (laughs) let me break this down for the audience don't bring people into mess make sure that you have your stuff in order and I have personal experience with this actually so for instance you know me and my husband we have a logistics business right um we just hired an extra dispatcher to help us but before we brought that person in I was up two, three o'clock in the morning trying to get our systems in place. So that way she didn't come into a job where it was like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? (laughs) Like we know me and my husband know what's going on because we've been, you know, dealing with it for so long. But you have to be mindful when bringing in new people that you have operations that are easy to understand. You know, you've been building this baby, you've been making this baby happen, and you've been doing it for months, maybe years, you know, and so you have the process down. Somebody coming fresh in, they have no idea what's going on. And so I spent um, a lot of time getting not only like our operations down packed, but also how we're going to communicate with this person. So you have to keep that in mind as well. And so we had to buy a new software to where she had her own line, being that she was virtual. And then she had, you know, she can text our drivers and things like that. From that number, um, we had to think about all of that because we were so working from a space where it was just me and my husband. And so we could just sit there and make a group text and be fine. But now we have an extra person. And so we're like, how can we make sure that this person feels like they are being entrenched and ingrained in our daily operations? so that way they can feel apart. And so that those are the necessary steps that need to happen. So I just wanted to make sure I reiterated that part and give my personal example on that when. You want to make sure that it's not a mess when they come in.
1: <laughs> or, well, well, go ahead. Can I, let me let me add to that if I, if, if if you don't mind, too. Yes, yeah, sure. um One of the uh, when I I left, I started working for a company. While I started, I came here to Evansville, Indiana, to work for a company called Me Johnson Nutritional. Anybody who has infants, you know, the infant brand of, of baby formula mm-hmm. is what uh, they manufacture. And when I left me, Johnson, in 1997 to start my business, so a facility management business. We, we we manage people's facilities, their maintenance, their housekeeping, their lawn cutting, their utilities, all those kind of things. We manage them as, as one part of our, our business. But when I started my own business, a, a, a counselor from SCORE recommended a book to me to read. And that book has been my Bible, the basis of everything I've done from a business standpoint. And that book is called E-Myth Revisited by a guy named Michael Gerber. I think Michael might be passed by now, but the book, the basic concept of the book is run your business with systems. You set systems up to run your business and hire people to run your systems. So when you set systems up, you're hiring people, that you're taking your mindset and what's in your mind and putting it down into a systematic process to build your business. So when you bring new people on board, you don't have to stay up at two or three o'clock in the morning, like Tiff just said, to get things ready for that person. As you're developing your business, you're creating the systems and you're creating the processes that you're going to use, number one, and as you hire people over time, they're going to use. So as you bring new people on board, you have a roadmap to teach them their job. They Get on board a lot sooner. So, that book and that concept helped me think a lot about what I want to do because you don't want to be working in your business as an owner or a manager. You want to be working on your business. And that's a concept of the book. And working on your business, you're taking a step back and looking at. What do I have to do to make this business grow without me? And how you do that is systems and you guide the people in your systems. Does that help?
0: Oh, my gosh. If, if you all could see me, like my head feels like it's about to fall off because I've been nodding so heavily over here. <laughs> been nodding since this conversation started, (laughs) but yes, yes, yes. Um, You know, I learned the hard way, you know, like, like Wayne was saying, I stayed up until two or three o'clock in the morning, trying to get the mess together right the day before she was coming, you know? And so as you develop your business and as you, you know, think about how you want to scale, everything Wayne said was right on the head. Make sure that as you're building it, you're putting those Processes down. Um, that's one thing that I am having to go back and do. And in my head, I'm like, Tiffany, when you were in HR, you had SOPs for everything. What's mm-hmm. the problem now? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Why don't you have SOPs for everything? Because that is very helpful. Like he was saying, when I was working in corporate, guess what? We had binders of SOPs, mm-hmm. and almost every single thing that could possibly happen had a procedure and had a process. When I I was working at a call center, like very, very early in my career, we had a process. So when somebody calls in, we click. Yes, that's the problem. Let's go through these steps. You all know you get frustrated when you get on the phone. You're like, I already did this. I already did this. But they have to go through the process. That is how things work. And so thank you for that, because this is stuff that I'm going to take away immediately after this call. um, I'm
1: sorry, Tim, but you got to think about Mm -hmm. the mindset. Do you have a business or do you have a hobby? If you have a business, run it like a business and systems run. Why why every major corporation, uh, McDonald's, uh, IBM, Ford, they all started small. I mean, Apple, uh, they all, Apple started in somebody's garage. Mm -hmm. Look at Apple now. They stopped being a hobby and became a business. In order to have a business, you have to have systems and those systems run your business.
0: Exactly, exactly. And I I feel like this is actually a good point to end off on um, on this high note, because if you took nothing else from this conversation, make sure that your strategy, your operations and your culture align, because those are things that companies are generally misaligned on. And then that takes money from your company, disengages your employees, et cetera, et cetera. You don't want that to happen. And then on top of that, when you do have employees that you're bringing in or contractors, if you decide to do 1099 for whatever reason, um, make sure that you're doing good hires (laughs) because I mean, we kind of glazed over that one, but make sure that you're doing good hires because it could be detrimental to your company um, to your, you know, it, your employees become the face of the company. And so if you have um, people that aren't, you know, in it to win it, they could sink it like that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also make sure that you are getting your operations in place, your procedures, your processes in place as you're building the company. So that way, when it does come time to bring somebody in, you already have all your ducks in a row and things are running smoothly from there. Did I catch it all, Wayne? You you caught it
1: all. And, and uh, I started my company called Facility Management Engineering But in in 2016, I started adding another company called Grow Company Profits. And why I did that, people don't respect facilities and people like like to run the facilities into the ground, just fix it when it's necessary. So I started wondering, how do I work with CEOs and get the concept of strategy, culture, and operations in alignment? And that's what the the company company GrowCompanyProfits.com. So excuse me, Grow GrowCompanyProfits.com is my website. All the things that Tiffany just talked about Feel free to go to my website and search through what, what I'm talking about. We, I teach you on the website how to make that happen. It's free. Just go and take a look at it. I, I, once you get there, I also can help you align your systems and, and your operations and your culture. So the things we can do to help somebody, but, you know, information is knowledge or knowledge is power. Get the information, know where you stand and go from
0: there. Exactly. Exactly. And you just took the last piece out of my mouth. Um, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're good. Um, I was going to ask how can people get in contact with you. So we know the website, and I'll have that link in the show notes, everybody. So um, if you're interested, definitely go to the website. Are you on any social media platforms? How can people contact you?
1: I'm. I have a um, on LinkedIn, a LinkedIn profile, um, and and it kind of mirrors what my business profile is. And I have an email address, Wayne at growcompanyprofits.com. And I think that's that's the that, that, that two simplest way to get, get a hold of me. And uh, if you have an interest, let's talk more because this, this is hard to talk about a, mm-hmm. such a complex subject of maintaining profitability over the long term. You can't do that in 15, 20 minute conversation. Okay. It takes a more in-depth conversation. So feel free to reach out to me.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So thank you so much, Wayne, for coming on the show. We had a wonderful conversation and I'm so glad that you decided to share your expertise with my audience um, when it comes to operations and management. Thank you so much for coming on today.
1: You are quite welcome. I enjoyed it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Money Talk with TIFF podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to moneytalkwithtea.com. And while you're there, why not sign up for our newsletter so you'll never miss an episode. Talk to you soon.